Welcome to another episode of The Greatest Pod, where we discuss and debate what makes something great. I'm Ron Swallow. I'm Ed Greer. And today, we are going to talk about Spider-Man. And it's not just going to be us waxing Spider-Man's car. It's going to be us saying, look, what is the greatest depiction of Spider-Man? What is the greatest way of conceptualizing Spider-Man? Given the fact that there's so many versions across so many years, that seems like it would be a fruitful conversation. No? Um, not only fruitful, but hard, Ed. Hard. It's very hard. <laughs> Why did you pick the hardest thing, Ed? Well, because, I mean, honestly, bro, like, there are a million, billion, millions and millions of podcasts <laughs> yeah. that are just, you know, it is very much Spider-Man's the best because X. And yeah. it's like, okay, if we move past that, though, like Spider-Man is so many different characters across so many different years. And there are people whose main era of Spider-Man involves like I was I was looking on the Internet the other day. Uh, this guy was lamenting the fact that Craven wasn't a villain in the newest movie or Craven wasn't a villain in in any movie so far, whatever, that they that they shouldn't that they should have did Craven already. And I'm just like. Well, A, I wouldn't want Craven to be in the third movie because he's already beaten up Mysterio yeah. and and uh in the first movie, uh beaten up uh a super powered version of the vulture. So like I wouldn't think that Craven could like follow those guys as far as efficacy. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a he's a Russian guy with traps. You yeah, know? I mean you'd have to make him that that version of him where he's got like the strength of a lion or something like, you know, I think there's like some <laughs> version of that where he is like, you know, this, he's got superpowers too and super senses and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. so, so you make him a, a low budget Wolverine so he could get his ass beat too. You know yes, what I mean? It's exactly. just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I was talking to, uh, I think it was Langley, uh, who's, who's a big fan of our, um, our rebooted show. And, and it's wild just how many times that we, so basically in his conception, He's right in that, and he's about our age, so maybe his greatest, best, you know, Spider-Man he could think of is those issues of uh, Craven's Last Hunt, which are like 80-something, yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, that's that seems to be his, like, wheelhouse of, like, the dopeness of Spider-Man is 80-something. I tend to think of it as somewhere in, uh, not necessarily the 90s, mine might be 80s, and then maybe most modern depictions of spider-man i kind of like actually uh more than some of the older ones it's crazy it's it's interesting because i think i like most of the modern ones as well um you know we we, we kind of talked about like what what do we need it to be do we need him i like him as when he's a little bit younger mm -hmm. for the most part and you know but maybe even but at the same time i also enjoy that like the times when he had to struggle to pay rent <laughs> and get mm -hmm. pictures of himself while he's fighting, a, like literally saving the entire city from a madman. And, mm -hmm. and it's, and he's always outclassed. I mean, you know, I love those, those type of stories. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing though. Keeping him an underdog seems to be the greatest, uh, Talk about something being the greatest. The greatest task of writing Spider-Man is keeping him an underdog because yeah. he's just so fresh that eventually he's going to get to the top of anything. I, 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 in 2032, 
he's probably going to be the leader of the Avengers. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. he, he's he's headed for the fucking top because he's dope as fuck. You yeah. know what I mean? And he's only getting doper and he is a young kid. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I, I vacillate between him being something of a college age or right after college and just he, he spent his youth getting great at fighting crimes. But how many actual real world job skills does he have? I, I kind of. Yeah. My favorite versions kind of harken on that. And I think I'm, I've built one of those in my head, really, as far as how I would take Spider-Man. I would take him as old enough to have to fend for himself. But he literally spent his youth beating up dudes every night and doing all this shit to where it's like he probably bar- if in my conception of Spider-Man, he's barely graduated high school. Not because he's not smart enough, but because he couldn't get all the shit in on time. He missed a gang of assignments. He was absent a bunch. He had to do all these machinations to, to not have to go to summer school and shit. A genius having to avoid summer school because he's just too distracted doing other shit. You know what I'm saying? School is hard for everybody, even people who are geniuses. And he would be in a genius school with genius type of assignments he'd have to do. So him getting D's on genius assignments, barely graduating this super high school, gets yep. to just gets to a whack state college. He's going to go local so he can fight crime in the city. So he's like, uh, 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 he's this college dude who's barely got pizza money and uh, or even po- right after post-college. Like he, he didn't get a fresh internship because he fucked that up because he had to go fight the scorpion somewhere. So you're out of college. You barely got pizza money. You know, you got less pizza money than when you were a fucking kid because Aunt May ain't sending you shit now that you're grown up. And you're just you're young enough to have a lot of fuck adventures, frankly. You can be with Mary Jane, you can be with uh the black cat, you can do all that type of shit. But you don't have any money and you've spent your whole youth, college and and um high school, fighting criminals and shit instead of building your resume for your grown up life. Yep. What do you do? I think that that that's how you end up at a dead end job, taking pictures of your fucking self. That's you know true. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean that that but that's what make but I, I think I'm on your side in that I like that version a lot too, because I mean it's the drama of real life stuff, and and, and you know he's. I think everybody has something connect to connect to when you have all of those separate things, right? So so if you're if you're a super smart person who hasn't accomplished much in their life because they've made other things a priority, like I don't know, taking care of somebody or fucking playing video games instead of getting good grades or whatever it is. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? You relate to that because you can't help but relate to like, oh, I could have done something and made money too, right? Uh, You relate to, you relate if you, if you're like the, the nerd who, who, who never really had too many friends except for like one or two good friends, you relate on that level. If you are the guy who wants to save everybody, but you really can't save everybody. You relate to that. You know what I mean? Like there's so many aspects of it that you can't help but connect to that that that's why I think Spider-Man is so well liked. And I think that's why it's the best version of Spider-Man is that right out of college, like, hell, I do love the idea of he's like, just like, knows everything but keeps doing bad, badly at things. You know what I mean? I just, I. Well, let's see it that kind of goes into something though. The the oldsters, the oldsters are divided into two camps. I recently saw this thing by uh, Jerry Conway. He did an interview and he was talking about Spider-Man out of high school is dumb as fuck. 
and I'm paraphrasing, but he really meant it basically that way. He was like, okay. look, Spider-Man out of high school is dumb as fuck because once you get him out of high school, what? He's a fucking, he's a 20 something, uh, technologist. D- does that, n- does that sound like everybody? That sounds like every superhero, 20 something, 30 something sort of technologist, free nights and weekends to go beat up crimes. That sounds yeah. like everybody, but as a high schooler, he's got intense, this, that, and the other. And then there's camps. Uh, my man, uh, that I was talking about earlier, uh, Neely, his thing, uh, he hates Spider-Man in high school. Him and his him and his buddies, like they I saw a whole Twitter thread and they were all like, uh, uh this th- there's a reason why they stopped that dumb shit in the 60s and stuff. And it's just like uh I mean Spider-Man in high school is a, this arrested development archie thing that yeah. is fucking weird. You know what I'm saying? But it has so much appeal because of the fact that he he has so many op, op, he has so many opportunities to show the duality of being a superhero and uh, a loving son, uh, a student, uh, you know, an adolescent, a person who's still trying to grow, but they're having all these things impact upon them at this specific this time of life where everybody has problems, where everybody's got zits and is a problem, unless they're the quarterback or the prom queen, and even they have their own inner turmoil, they're cutting themselves in the locker room and shit. Everybody's going through it in the adolescence. Yeah. And you stack superhero shit on top of that. There's a lot of other other heroes where it just seems like they take that uh, I'm in high school and shit and then stack a hero on it and stride like Robin – Robin never got no bad grades. He was fucking dudes up all night with Batman, getting about 3.5 hours of sleep, waking up bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, just slamming school. Bam, bam, bam. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's just like, I don't know that that's how it would be, but also that it, it was, you know, all I'm saying is when you get to the Titans and shit uh, of DC, they don't seem to have any problems with being that age and going to school and different shit, but, but uh, and definitely not as much as Spider-Man. It seems yeah. to be part of his appeal is what all that crap was was saying. Yeah, I you know, and I get that too because I mean, when I got into him was when he was in high school, and I got into him at the time because it was like first it was the pretty colors and the cool stories, but the cool stories I related to because it's like, oh, here's this guy who can't can't get along at school. Nobody likes him at school because he's smart, and. He gets these powers and he can't even show everybody how cool he is. He's got to hide how cool he is. Like mm-hmm. I am super related to that. It's like, like he cannot, he would put all everybody he loves in danger. And, and then there's that added bonus. The people he loved, you really love. You love Aunt May. You love Mary Jane. Cause Mary Jane gets him. She doesn't care about what the popular people say or what the cool people say. Mm-hmm. She, she gets him and, and, and likes him for who he is not 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 anything else and, mm-hmm. and and what boy doesn't want that what girl doesn't want that like mm-hmm. everybody can relate to that that's what makes the spider-man character so great and i would argue that the miles morales character has some of the same issues as well just uh in a in a little bit of a different well a uh, different way and that makes that character just as relatable and you add in uh that uh you know He's uh, a person of color, and that makes him even more relatable to a larger group of people because now you still have all the same stuff that you related to the regular Peter Parker, and you have the 
the the being able to relate um, uh, uh, to the, the the trials and tribulations of being a person of color in any world. So like it's it you know is Miles Morales an even better version of the Spider Man? Well, I think a lot of people just turned off their podcasting device and said no. Uh, hopefully, not our fans. But I, I, I think um, what's interesting about that is there's a whole nother beef. Uh, I think I'd like to look at Twitter. Just like Twitter is that like, please take into making these bone broths and shit. She makes these broths that she'll like fucking put bones in there and like boil them up and shit. And there's this shit that comes to the surface, and you just sort of skim it off. And it's disgusting. And you throw it away, and and but it's part of the process of what all that bubbling was about. And that's Twitter. It's the scum off the top. That's part of the process of discourse. You get to you get like some of the granules of discourse by skimming Twitter. And I did see some jazz about uh, basically uh, it seeming to be that Marvel's best plan or what they seem to be moving towards is pretty soon get Holland out of there and throw in a Miles Morales. And I'm like, this Holland no. kid is a fucking phenomenon. And and I do say this Holland kid, because again, the concept that the Spider-Man movies that we have gotten up until the new one, I haven't seen the new one yet. I bet it's blowing the doors off and all that shit. But I am saying as far as being so much better than all the other movies that came before, stop it with that shit. It's the kid. Yeah. It's the kid. Tom Holland. The kid is the kid is elevating even this great material. The kid is elevating this great material. And yeah. to say that to to satisfy the the blacks or whatever agenda they think is out there that oh, they're yeah. going to kill off or sideline Tom Holland to to force feed us a Miles Morales in the MCU when in actuality in the in the fucking uh animated sector Miles Morales runs that sector. Yeah. So why wouldn't you get those dual income streams and then maybe later online and in, in real life throw a miles in there or whatever. But the point is this whole shuffle off the Buffalo of Pete, get the fuck out of here. That's not yeah. happening, dude. Never that happened. dude is a cow. That dude's a cash cow. Yeah. He's killing it. He's, he's acting his ass off and he's, he's nailed Peter Parker and Spider-Man in a very solid way. And I, here's an interesting thing is like, I would say like, some of the movie, like most of the movies have never really gotten Peter Parker all that well as compared to the comics. Like you could make an argument that none of the movies, even though Tom Holland is killing it, I, you know, we've made this argument about like, okay, well, basically he needed Tony Stark to help him get his shit together. And without Tony Stark, where would he actually be? Even though he's super smart and he uses Tony's tech really well, it's mm -hmm. also Tony's tech. He didn't invent that tech. You know, so all that sort of stuff that you are you can argue it is not the best version of uh, Spider-Man and Peter Parker. I don't think any of the movies have been the best version. They've they've all had moments that have come close, but most of them have not uh, hit it as far as I'm concerned. Well, and see, and that's another thing about like the life in between the panels of Spider-Man, you know, the stuff that we invent you know what I'm saying? My my yeah. whole uh, can't afford pizza Spider-Man that I made up in my head. That's not necessarily the guy ever. He's always got his little job or he's getting yep. – he's Wheat Cakes era 
or he's got a little job or he's like got his little apartment and he's like, ah, my apartment sucks. You got an apartment in New York. You're making money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's just like one of those things where uh, people create their own Spider-Man in their head that can never fully be encapsulated. And I think that is why we're talking about him right now in that he's he's really up there with like uh superman and batman and people like that and i've just mentioned those because they were firmly entrenched in the culture 30 years before the marvel universe yeah so i'm just saying to for a character like this to catch up to icons like that you know what i'm saying you go to the the lost pygmy tribe on the other side of the planet and they got batman shirts on you know what i'm saying so to for spider-man to be in that echelon at this point took some fucking doing and his appeal again i think it's part of it is his being young i don't know if it has to be high school so put your pitchforks away but the young aspect the like there's something about somebody with the potential to do anything but they're hung up on all this day-to-day life and i think that's what you were hinting at earlier as far as people being able to relate to that everybody thinks yeah ralph cramden (laughs) type motherfuckers all over the place thing that one day they're going to come up with the new idea for flubber or velcro or something and take over the world yeah. you know what i'm saying and we're just just one good day away from being the freshest i just imagine if you were a, a a genius technologist who made like uh web spinners when you were 15 and then you fuck around in your 30 and you haven't made more of an outsized impact and you can't see you're doing spider-man as some super great thing that you did because to you you're doing it out of guilt and responsibility Yep. But you're doing it so fresh, the whole world knows your name and wants to be like you and you inspire people, but you can't even see that because yep. you haven't made a million dollars in this business selling selling uh, whatever the fuck's, selling epoxy for people's lockers or whatever the fuck type of Shark Tank bullshit somebody would have done with the with the web spinning fluid. Yeah, You haven't done that, so you ain't shit. God dang, that's so relatable. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Um, you know, I think also it helps when he's young and makes mistakes because, you know, not that older people like myself don't make mistakes, but we make less because we've lived so long and made so many mistakes that it's like that it's like if you see a 40 year old man, 40 year old Spider-Man making an impulsive decision, you're like, that is stupid. You are a stupid person. (laughs) And you don't you deserve everything bad that happens to you. But you see you see a 22 year old, a 20 year old, a 19 year old, whatever, like a 19 to a 20, even to a 24 year old or 25 year old making impulsive decisions that are semi selfish, but also affect the people that are close to you. And that backfires on you and things go wrong. You can see those decisions and not judge that person and relate to it because you know Mm -hmm. that you did the same thing when you were 19. Like, I don't know, being 20 and thinking like, oh, I should just get married right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a dumb decision. Did I make (laughs) that decision? Absolutely, I did. 22, should not have been married. I didn't know that though. I made that mistake. I've learned from it and it's fine. But that's like, that's the type of thing. Like you, it's like you can relate to these impulsive decisions when you look at a young Peter Parker. Peter Parker. I don't know if I want to see a forty-year-old Spider-Man. I, I don't. I don't know. We'll find out because I have to assume that they're going to milk Spider-Man for as long as they can. We got we got eleven years of Iron Man, right? Hmm. So oh, thereabouts, I guess. 
So if we um, get eleven years of Spider Man, he will be in his thirties. We'll get alert. We'll get a we'll get a thirty year old Spider Man because I think he's nineteen in the movie. So that'd be interesting to see what they do if they can make that work. Huh. I, I also think that uh, as far as people's favorite drilling down to the best version of him, obviously the best version of him makes his own stuff. And I think yeah. there's so many of us in the nerd community, in the nerd community, who kind of balked at that Tony Stark shit. So we don't need to relitigate that. But yeah. I think a key ingredient of making the best uh thing of him is he is relatively young and he does uh make his own shit that he uses period you know and if he ever does um ask anybody for help and shit that's got to be a major fucking thing for him you know what i mean that's like a a major the, the one part about him being sort of recruited into the mcu is right off the bat it's more of an ultimate universe type of situation where instantly his dopeness is known by the higher ups and shield at different places. So of course that knowledge being the fact that anything shield knows, Tony Stark knows gets filtered down to Tony Stark. Tony Stark knows about this superhuman. That's just wild running out there and recruits him into this thing that changes the entire alchemy of Spider-Man's progression in, in the world. Because in the comic books, it was like, he would go over to uh, fuck with Johnny Storm and throw like snowballs at him and shit and swing by the Baxter building and say like, hey, Baxters, or rather, hey, Fantastic Four family, y'all hiring? Because I need some money. You know, he was like that. <laughs> he was like that Mr. T cartoon that they were doing yeah. on Saturday Night Live. He was like, I need work. <laughs> you know, he was going around like Luke Cage trying to get a job. A job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like, hey, yeah. uh, I may need to do a pair of wheat cakes. You she know? sure does. And a nice dress. You know, if we're talking about best versions, should we talk about worst versions? Um, well, see, that's the thing. I think the worst versions of Spider-Man don't take into account um, that his struggle is unique. Like, I'm not going to say that uh, Ben Riley sucks and is a dumb idea. Okay. But it kind of <laughs> sucks. It is a dumb idea because <laughs> I, I get that they're trying to be like, yo, what if Peter Parker was cut off from even the privileges that to- Peter Parker has? You know, it, it's like a way to do a multiverse concept without doing all that. You just say clone, right? So this clone gets to live this hard scrabble life of being a hobo, or you know, that's probably not politically correct. But you know, he he like rides the rails and he goes from town to town trying to escape his spider destiny and bury himself in the Midwest, like on some cane from kung fu journeyman bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And like, what if he wasn't spending time with the Fantastic Four and he didn't go to fucking outer space with everybody and have to save the world with the secret wars and get a weird costume and go through all his adventures? What if he had a more down home shitty experience of being Spider-Man, like a more downtrodden Spider-Man who wouldn't like that? Yeah, I, I guess me. <laughs> I guess me. I wouldn't. Like I wasn't that. a huge fan either. Uh, you know, we've done the Spider-Clone saga and talked about how uh, how it can it can it was different enough that it was intriguing but it wasn't good and it went on too long so i think that is one of the worst versions um and i believe spider-man was married in that one right um what and the ben yeah ben he's he's married to mary jane and uh mary jane and and peter 
kind of have to help Ben Riley through his uh, hijinks. Like Ben Riley's like a waiter with blonde hair and shit, and he occasionally has tries to have double dates and shit with with Peter and Mary Jane. And shit. I mean, I'm, I'm very much reducing that period into a, just a funny joke. But if you want a more in depth analysis, as Ron said, please do look at our earlier um, episode where we where we discuss the 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 Clone Saga as being one of the greatest jumping on points in comics. Though Bill was just the right age to jump on that Spider clone shit because that was his spider-man he got an opportunity to have his spider-man which is it's funny how people are reacting so weird to miles when they already did it before with ben and and some of the other clones that will not be mentioned right now because i I can't be bothered i really can't and let me say this it was interesting uh i did see the spider-man movie and i will there don't worry guys zero spoilers not doing that to anybody Oh, wait, this would be a spoiler. So never mind. I'm not going to say it. See, that's why I asked you before we did that shit. <laughs> that's yeah. so funny. I'm leaving that in. So uh, I can't say it, guys. I can't say it. It would be a spoiler. But it's interesting that different people's Spider-Man's definitely like, you know, like. I don't know. You, some people like su- superior Spider-Man, probably better than regular Spider-Man because they want to see Spider-Man be dope. They want to show how badass Spider-Man would be if he decided to have like an Octavio octavius attitude of like a almost like an anti-hero you know you know what i think that that is interesting because i think some of the people who want spider-man to keep trucking and get older and older i can vibe with that a little bit as in if i was in control of spider-man i would have at least one book where he was young and then one book where he could get as old as possible i might even have three one for the so-called present where he's sort of 20 something edging into 30 maybe and then one where he's old as fuck and then one where he never goes beyond about 17, you know, and like just, that. just have those periods for the people who like them. And these are the stories kind of like um, Legends of the Dark Knight. Legends of the Dark Knight take place mm. in the first three years of him being Batman. Yeah. So in those, he can fuck up a lot. He can get trapped a lot, even though the regular Batman fucks up enough and gets trapped enough. Uh, but but you can lean even more into that style of Batman, the Batman who wakes up in a straight jacket in a cage full of sharks. And then he has to fucking wiggle out of all that and beat the Riddler's ass or whatever. That sort of goofy story that basically the Grant Morrison bat God would never get himself involved in. Yeah. You can write and imagine and, and draw those stories for that time. And so the ones where like you were saying, a impulsive kid, a, a thing where he can get tricked up by Mysterio and almost uh, cause a giant technology storm that messes up New York city that's good for the movies and that's good for uh, a comic that, book. Yeah. For that young, that younger mm-hmm. version. And at the same time though, you get to see, I, I think that one of the things that people really want to see is Spider-Man gets some happiness, mm. even though look guys, good storytelling. And you're, you're going to hate hearing this until the very end of the story. Your protagonist never has a good time. No one would like to read a book where your protagonist is just doing great the entire time. Nobody wants to, you think you do, but once you read that, you'll be bored as fuck because your Mm. character will never be in danger and you will never care about them. And if they never grow and get better and get grow and grow because of the danger they're constantly in the trouble, the emotional, you know, bombshells they're getting every other comic book. You're, you're not going to enjoy that. You, you Mm. just, you, you can, write your fan fiction i have said it before but if you want to write some fan fiction where spider-man just gets happy 
gets married, gets to bang MJ all day long, and then punch the you know uh, punch the Green Goblin out, like actually punch him out because he's using his full force, and then web him up, and then get laid again. Sure, great, go go for it. But that's <laughs> that's never gonna be that's never gonna be in the comic book. It's never gonna happen. <laughs> but at the same time, you would like to see him get a little bit of you know be able to be with Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy. A little bit you know what i mean like you you want to see him maybe have a job that like he can buy a house with mm-hmm. instead of living in an apartment you know i don't know then he gets a house and it gets destroyed by the scorpion you know what i mean like that's fun <laughs> well see and that's 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 kind of the oddity about around spider-man because i could feel through the universe a bunch of people's buttholes tighten when you were talking about that yeah because to them, it's not about that at all and that's dumb and some of the most boring parts of of spider-man lore history were uh, uh, according to joe casada at least um you know him he was getting he was making a decent living his wife was a supermodel yep. they had a decent life in new york case closed like they were li- they were living the last four seasons of fucking sex in the city basically yeah. And yeah, every night he would punch out some guys and occasionally he'd get buried by a Russian or whatever the fuck. But overall, it was just fine. And that sucked, man. It <laughs> that does. was like it was it was bruisingly it does, terrible. It does overall suck. You just want to make sure that he has That's why I like the idea of three books, by the way, because at least in one of those books, things can be okay a little bit. Not most of the time, but every once in a while he just gets a nugget of adult happiness. Cuz you you see him be so sad for so long and be go through so much as a youngster that you you just want to see one nugget of happiness for him. And well, I think I mean, that's a different book. Well, that's why I kind of like the books that are set in the future. But if you notice, in the future, he never gets to be happy either. And motherfucking sure. um and and um Universe X or Earth X or whatever, he ends up being like this dude who kind of stays on the sidelines because fuck it, I fought crime for like years and years and. It didn't really help anything. We're in this fucked up crisis where everybody has superpowers and they're burning each other alive in the streets and snorting each other's ashes. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? And then he ends up having to put on a Spider-Man suit and he's all fat. So he's he's all super out of shape. So he's just this fat dude, like a bowling ball swinging through the sky, trying to do what he used to do back in the days. And it's just like, so he doesn't get to be happy in that in that universe. He doesn't really get to be happy in most conceptions. Uh, that one without care... Uh, care andrews kari andrews whatever the guy's name is he's like oh. this comic book art tour and he did the one where basically mary jane dies because of uh his Rain, and, right yeah uh yes yes and uh so like yeah he kills mary in that one he kills mary jane because uh she's yeah. like oh that's fucked i mean she had a bad reaction to his radioactivity it was like oh that's so bad yeah that's and then his baby sad. died too right uh, I, I I don't remember, but yeah, probably. I feel like they both just to, died just to make it just to make it be dark, more sad. Dark Knight version of <laughs> Spider Man ever. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So so he never gets to be happy. That is a big a big thing, and I do think that that's one thing that Superior Spider Man did do is looking at the fact that even if Spider Man applied himself all the way to the hilt. He'd still have fucked up problems. Shit would still <laughs> rain on him. Octavio, uh, uh, Otto Octavius had quite enough problems in the, in that run. He wasn't just smooth sailing the whole time. Nope. 
And I, I, I love that that was the case. And I love, I kind of love that they did make him rich for a second. Cause when everybody saw how lame that was, they were like, Oh fuck dog. We will Don't never do this again. Yeah. Like we'll be old men in rocking chairs the next time that they try to make Spider-Man actually super rich. I bet. And they made him cocky when he was rich too, which is even worse. They just tried to iron man him. They, they tried to turn him into Tony Stark again, which is a huge <laughs> mistake. Well, that's that's brand synergy shit right there. I think I think that that was definitely coming from on high being like, I mean, maybe Dan Slott or whoever was writing at the time. I think it was Slott uh, had some grand vision for like kind of what we're saying, like show the uh, apotheosis of his dopeness uh, as far as being a technologist and being rewarded for his genius and then show that that isn't even that 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 sucks and that's hard to maintain. And he's going to get knocked down just like anybody. Yeah. You know uh but so spider-man as as so basically we've zeroed in on it seems like he should be kind of youngish it seems like he should use technology well but only for his own ends and he shouldn't be able to monetize it because that fucks up the whole game yep um and what also seems to be that his relationships with uh with women seem to be again and my i love the comics where his daughter, I think, gets spider powers and she uh, has her own like next generation sort of uh, adventures. I It's it's a it's to me a cooler future. I think Ryan Stegman drew a bunch of them. Yeah, I forgot great. who write who wrote them, but like it's just a nice look at Spider-Man trying to be a parent and trying. And he basically is sharing his spider powers with his family. So there's some kind of machine, something happened to where he could he could literally share some of the power. So his daughter has some, he has some, and Mary Jane has some. And they are all different sorts of spider people due to the fact that it it, it you know, uh much like Miles and Gwen Stacy and all those people who have spider powers, everybody who has the powers uses them differently. Gwen Stacy's are extraordinarily agile. I think uh I think Mary Jane might be extraordinarily strong. It's something yeah. weird about her spider powers. I don't quite remember, but she's really dope when she uses them. And uh, they just have different skills as spider people. And like a spider family in the future, if that was a permanent book, I would read that all day. I've, I've read uh, most of the issues that I could get my hands on. But like, I just love that concept because it gives kind of what you're saying, like a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. They're still adventures, but yeah. they get a little bit more family focused and cool. Yeah, and then you could even go beyond that and have the daughter be in college and then have her boyfriend start getting killed and espionage come into it and shit, you know? Yeah. And and then it's a Peter Parker again. And then he's involved with that too because he's worried about her. And then mm-hmm. she's worried about him back because mm-hmm. she loves him and now she's an adult and it's her dad now. It's not the same as it's her dad who she loves, not her dad who's taking care of her anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's some great stories in that. And I think mm-hmm. that's the key. So I guess the key that we're gonna the, that we can that we can zoom in on is there has to be personal conflicts and relationship conflicts within Spider-Man's universe. We don't want him super rich, but we don't want him starving. Maybe we want him starving a little bit <laughs> from time to time, but he always pulls it out. Eat some ramen. Get as much energy as he needs to get. Um, obviously, we like him being dope as you know as hell, but holding back because he's a good guy who wants to save people, and he takes it very seriously. And I would say that that's a big deal too. Uh, I mean, because the other story we like with him is that 
even though he's going to always choose Spider-Man, we do love that he's every once in a while thinking about not choosing Spider-Man. Every once in a while, he's like, can I have this family? Can I, you know, have Mary Jane, you know, or Gwen Stacy or whoever? Yeah, that is interesting. He kind of did that a little bit in the Clone Saga, right? Where he was like, yeah. Ben Riley, you could be Spider-Man in the city. I'm just go fuck off and try to raise kids. And then I think he had like a, there's a spider miscarriage or something and all this bad shit happened. He didn't end up having the kid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's good, but I do like the the conflict existing in there. Like I, well, I you mean, know, there's no, I was just going to say that classic panel where he's like walking away from the trash can with Spider-Man costume in it and stuff. Yeah. They've implanted that for like years and that, you know, yeah, he could, he, he might have to give it up to save his people, you know, to yeah. save his family and stuff. He might have to stop doing this. Yeah, and that that makes it interesting, and you know the the struggle to want to have a real life, you know that's that's interesting. Like I, again, I think I mentioned this earlier, but like it's relatable to me that like because you know when I was a kid and my dad left, I had to uh, choose between uh, having a social life because I was going to school, I had a job, I had to pay for bills in an apartment, and um, I also had to try to like pass tests. And when you pile all that responsibility on a person, guess what they do? They screw up something. And you know what I screwed up? School. <laughs> <laughs> so Spider-Man screwing up school, like we mentioned earlier, is a thing that I think is super relatable. So I love that. I think there has to be a portion of Spider-Man where his regular life is not so great because of having to make that choice to save the greater, you know, to do the greater good. A Batman adventure or a Spider-Man adventure, to me, they start very simply. Hey, look at that thing I noticed because I am Batman or Spider-Man. I'm going to go check that out and stop it. Oh, shit. It's bigger than I thought it was. Yeah. I got fucked up a little bit. I got to go back, lick my wounds and think about how how this thing came out of nowhere and fucked me up because I'm so awesome. Oh, that's what it was. I'll go get their ass tonight. And then you get their ass tonight, and then you fucking put that got the Spidey note or the Bat note on them, and you won because you went back and used your genius to figure out why they fucked you up in the first place. That's an extremely yep. simple structure, but it just seems to be how the best of those stories actually work. And when you deviate from that, when you deviate from that into this weird bullshit of like him being either hyper competent or always losing all the time or whatever, you got you can kind of show him. Uh, getting small victories and then go to try to do this thing as though it's going to be one of these other small victories and having that be way harder. All I'm trying to say is his his particular way of of doing crime fighting, I do have a quibble with the fact that he just runs into mad crime due to the fact that he has uh, a spider sense that doesn't work like the 70s show. The 70s show kind of had him like having whole memories, like kind of uh, – future memories of crimes that were going to happen. Basically he was almost like minority report. Yeah. He would like get a vision of his head in his head of the art thieves stealing the Mona Lisa, or whatever the fuck. Then he'd swing his ass over to the fucking, uh, the Louvre or whatever and fight the guys as they were trying to take the Mona Lisa. His powers don't work like that in any other conception of, of Spider-Man powers. So how the fuck is he always just running into mad crimes? I understand he's above the city swinging around, but there's just something I like the auto run by how auto Octavius thing by how proactive he was about fighting crime 
It wasn't about catching a mugger or happening upon a bank robbery. It was more like, I'm going to attack the forces of crime in my city. Yeah. I thought that part was dope. I thought that part was dope. Yeah, me too. Um, And then you, of course, you start to realize that the forces of crime are insanely huge and you're in over your head. So I do Mm -hmm. like, I do like that though. That would be an interesting twist on a Spider-Man, like a, like a, not a Octavius one, but a regular Spider-Man where he finally gets tired of just happening into crime or, you know, noticing or getting asked for help or, or whatever, you know what I mean? And then it's like, no, I'm going to find out what's happening. Like Daredevil does. I'm going to find out what's happening and I'm going to stop it. Well, it's just like a spider, like a, like the, and I think a lot of Spider-Man comics have him kind of doing a little bit of that, but just like a concerted effort, a mission driven Spider-Man. Who decides to just boom? All right, this is what I'm going to take out today. I'm going to take out fucking Kingpin. We're going to beat up all these guys on this level and that level and this level. Then we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to have enough evidence from these different warehouses. I break, I break up, you know. And yeah, just a, a little so bit you more. Love the video game. Oh fuck yeah, dude! I was just about to mention that, but you get beat me to it. Fuck yeah, dude! I love that because that is it's the like, video game. Yeah, it's just figuring out how to like. Fight and of course for the video game mechanics, it's just so that you can have something to do. But it would be really useful to fuck up warehouses and leave them with a bunch of beat up dudes and be like, "Do you see inside these warehouses? See all these cyber weapons and all this crazy drugs and shit? You're welcome, cops. You know what I mean? And and what's happening? Right. Instead of just beating up dudes who are mugging old ladies, you know, a lot of people mugging old ladies. Somebody mugged their ass a while ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I just think it's like uh, this kind of proactive, super justice Spider-Man. It would be good for a limited series, at least. I think in the end, he might find out that, like, being a lawman is super fucking hard. Being a vigilante yeah. is super easy. Fucking up dudes by the docks, leaving them all webbed up, don't have to worry about nothing. That's easy. Like, half of those dudes probably get off if you think about it. Like, yeah. hey, I was walking in the docks. I saw some guys doing some crimes. Next thing you know, I'm webbed up next to one of these criminal fuckers by the pier, and and the cops are coming to get me. That's bullshit, man. If a lawyer can't fight, if you don't, if you're not armed or something, a lawyer yeah. should probably fight you out of that bullshit. So a lot of Spider Man's so called justice that he does as a vigilante he probably gets overturned in court. That's that's one thing we talked about Daredevil and the Punisher in a, in a previous episode. You should check that out. Because Daredevil has to really worry about what happens when they go into the justice system. Yeah. You know what I mean? He has to care about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's uh, – hmm. okay, so do we want a Spider-Man that cares about that? And and if, if that's the case, how would we get him to that point? I just I, – I think it's a – I think it's a real reason why it's not part of the Spider-Man comics yeah. is because – it's just that's beyond him, honestly. Like yeah. he's not, he's he he's obviously concerned, but you notice how they're never they're never they never say anything in a Spider-Man comic. I don't want to say never. They probably said it in a billion of them across the fifty-year history. But you understand what I'm saying? It's, it doesn't rare. seem to be emphasized that they go, oh, these charges are going to stick on the Spavelli family. I don't keep, want to keep making Italian crime stuff. The whatever the fuck the mobsters. The, whatever the fuck mob that now you're being mean to russians russians are fucking russians and slavic people have been criminals in movies for the past 15 years consistently if i wasn't from the baltic states i'd be mad the, as fuck the hillbillies 
<laughs> oh, now you're gonna downtrodden the the rust welt people who listen to our great podcast in this great nation. <laughs> Somebody's riding the tractor loves, right now, listening oh, to the who's, greatest pod, and you've just offended them deeply. Who's someone who's universally hated? Uh, aliens, aliens. Oh, uh, so Gleep Glop and Senator Tall <laughs> from the planet Xenon that are, are ardent fans, they're Patreon listeners. By the way, you could be like them and join our Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash the greatest pod. Uh, we have a $5 tier where you get extra pods where we get nuttier than this. And we have a $7 tier where I send you art directly to your door. So, yeah. So, check it out. Greatest pod forward slash or Patreon forward slash greatest pod. Yeah. When we're in Christmas time, I'm like, I don't know why Christmas, Thanksgiving, it's just that that feeling of thankfulness uh, overwhelms me. And we truly, truly appreciate uh, those of you out there who support us. So uh, thank you for that. And sh- a special shout out to my man, Curtis. You yes. know who you he is. Um, so, dude, uh, as far as uh, the greatest version of Spider-Man... I think we do at this point to round us out, dip our toe a little bit into the uh, the Miles Morales and the Gwen Stacy and the just the Spider-Verse in general, because I think that that is this weird prism through which you can see all of the different ways to be Spider-Man. Now, we're not going to again to me, Spider-Man is Peter Parker and Spider-Man is Miles Morales the same way that Clint Barton and Kate Bishop are also Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. You kind of know that Hawkeye is a little more Hawkeye than fucking Kate Bishop. I'm sorry. It's not a crime to think that. And if you think yeah. that Peter Parker is a little bit more Spider-Man than Miles Morales, have at it. He's the original from our universe. That's totally your right. I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with that. But when you look at the, the the verse of spider characters, I mean, look at Jessica Drew. She's not necessarily from the lineage of Spider-Man, but she's been Spider-Woman for a while so uh, the concept of spider woman uh uh gwen stacy the spider woman uh all these different people spider-man's always been a concept for the people and i think every time people got a chance to see somebody with spider-man's powers or even things close to spider-man's powers it's interesting like nightcrawler's basically spider-man for a different cause you know what i'm saying and his teleportation does the but he crawls up walls of his own volition super ridiculously agile and he's got an advantage on Spider-Man by being able to teleport. And I always love when they would have him fight sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's one of the only people I can envision that's able to fuck with Spider-Man. But Spider-Man being such a specific genre type, now you see like Gwen Stacy, who like we talked about earlier, Gwen Stacy as a spider person is like a super ballet person. And she's really, really graceful. And she's like intuitive with her funky, fresh moves, even though she really doesn't know how to fight. But she's like due to the fact that it's like when captain america learned how to fight overnight just like i'll just do moves that people can't do because they can't jump 40 feet <laughs> you know i'll i'll make up my own moves Gwen stacy seems to do it like that as does as do most of the spider people it's funny that most of them don't know how to fight but they'll fuck you up because all the moves they can do <laughs> because they're spider people yeah i love it and then you know they're each of them has their own type of tragedy whether it be you know a, a an uncle uh, a best friend, a girlfriend, Uncle Ben, Aunt May, wh- whoever it is, they always have some kind of tragedy that that moves them to really want to help people. Yeah, I I think when you look at the Miles Morales part of it, I think Miles Morales is to me 
this graduation of the concept from just I'm swinging around because it seems like his particular spider bite being from a manipulated spider, you know what I'm saying? It's not just like sort of an accidentally irradiated situation, which is the classic version of Spider-Man's origin. It's like this spider is bit has been super fucking manipulated by all types of shit and has been through like a dimension warping something or other. You know what I mean? So the, so the dimension warping something or other, making this spider exist in all these different universes, basically, until it bites homeboy and dies. That's why Spider-Man's, that's why his spider powers are so fucked up. He's got like invisibility powers. He's got a, a spider sting. He's got, uh, in the comics, he's got uh, his own webs that jizz out of him that have like taser-like qualities and shit and certain continuities. I don't know if they stuck with that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, he's got a bunch of weird powers that Spider-Man doesn't have. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that's sort of a, an interesting way to to look at his character is that his his spider being different makes his spider situation different. And so, and same thing with um, Gwen Stacy. But I also think they're taking into account, like, again, the multiverse allows you to take into account different stresses on the character without changing that character into whatever you want it to be yeah. like red sun allows you to have a communist superman to see what the fuck that would actually be like you know instead of having like okay i'm gonna take over superman and for two, for seven issues i'm gonna have him be a communist and then next thing you know somebody else is gonna come and just erase all that that i built yeah. it's good to have the multiverse show you different versions of spider-man and i think the reason why we're talking about this is and 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 enter the spider-verse I gotta say, as much as we were talking about Spider-Man needing to be young and all this different jazz, I love the fact that Miles Morales and his infinite uh, potential, right? His infinite potential. He's a young guy. He's going to school. He just got spider powers. He's he's in a world that has the multiverse in it. Just so much about him is infinite potential. And then the Spider-Man he gets hooked up with, the Peter Parker he gets hooked up with, is uh is uh, and it's uh, is just uh, he's not just a bum and a fuck up he's got all these other cute cultural things like he's he's jewish he happens to fucking have his wife leave him because she can't stand the shit she doesn't just i love you tiger and stays with him through all that bullshit she just kind of gets tired of it and has to bounce he's at his lowest ebb he's yeah. you know he, he when he gets sucked to the wormhole it's just it doesn't just keep ascending your life doesn't just keep ascending because you have powers and you're cool and you get to a certain degree of being dope. It doesn't just keep going up. There are dip peaks and valleys and different shit that happens, you know? Yep. And I, I just love that they, they accomplish, they, the juxtaposition of those two Spider-Man. I think, I think Peter B Parker, I think his name is. And the, and the thing, I think he might be my favorite conception of Spider-Man because it just mm. shows me that like, unlike Superman or Batman, there's an extreme potentiality of Spider-Man growing up to be nothing and having peaked in high school. Yep. There's, there's, it's a, so possible. Bruce Wayne is never going to fall off. He's going to be 80, still banging chicks. He's going to die. Batman's going to die in a sex swing. Fucking <laughs> uh, Superman's going to die when the, when the fucking uh, sun eats the solar Explodes. system. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's going to get red and he won't be able to fly away, but he won't yeah. care because he loves the people of earth so much. He's going to get eight. You know what I'm saying? Like that. These people have no, their futures are set. They could be, have tragedy in those futures, 
but their futures are set and they're only able to ascend. They have so much uh, backing them that they're that they're they're going to be fine. Yeah. Spider-Man might not be fucking fine, dude. He might not be fine. And I I think that that's a big power that he has. And that's why I love Peter B. Parker from uh, the uh, the end of the Spider-Verse. It's to me, if I was going to say which was the best Spider-Man I've ever seen is that guy. He's so great at being Spider-Man. He's so dope at everything. And it doesn't fucking matter because his life sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We do think it's possible to have a few different types of Spider-Mans and a few different types of stories. And we actually mm-hmm. think it's kind of important to have those stories. Um, even though we think for the most part, he should be pr- pretty young as Spider-Man. Seeing, it's, seeing it's old a Spider-Man is great when they do it right. Yeah. But all the time, probably not as good. Well, it's a, it's a differentiator, and it's it's about having the different versions of Spider-Man. I think that's why all this multi-tie-in corporate synergy ch- jazz is stupid as fuck to me. I love the fact that if you look at really how companies are doing it, and especially how the Disney machine is doing it with all these different characters, the yeah. Star-Lord and Gamora and all that shit from the, the Guardians of the Galaxy video game aren't necessarily the ones for the movies. And those guys aren't necessarily the ones for the comic books and the comic books aren't the ones for the movies and so on and so forth. So that you can get your jokey, dumb fucking Drax if you want it, or you can get your jokey, dumb fucking Drax that also cries in his soup every night over his wife. And then you can go over here and get this warrior that flies around and shoots mega beams and shit. It's like, what the fuck Drax is that? Oh yeah. Drax used to have a purple hood, fly around shooting beams and fuck up Thor and shit. That's how Drax used to be. And now he's a guy with Thanos with his just, he just killed him. You know, so it's just all this. And he 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 was a uh, he was he was programmed to kill Thanos. And all these different ways you can look at all these characters. You see, from yeah. all the different mediums, that's how they've got to keep doing it. I want my movie Spider Man to be slightly different than the comic book. I want my comic book Spider Man to be slightly different than, than the video games, and so on and so forth. And and in the comic books, I want about five six fucking versions of Spider Man. Yeah, because he is that rich of a character. So I think that that's one thing we can agree on is of. All the times we've tried to determine what something is the greatest and this is the greatest and that's the greatest. Spider-Man as a concept is the greatest. And it's up to us. It's our great responsibility uh-huh. to take that 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 basic character and spread him across all these different archetypes and tell all these different stories because that is his gift to us. There is even a couple of reviews I wanted to read, and we thank you guys for leaving reviews because the more five-star reviews you leave for us, whether it be on iTunes, uh, Podcast Addict, uh, Spotify, wherever it is you want to leave a, a review, let us know. If you want to leave a review randomly on somebody's YouTube page, tag us in it, all right? Tag us at The Greatest Pod on Facebook or at The Greatest Pod on YouTube or any of that sort of thing. So here we go. Uh, this is from Curtis B. Right to this. <laughs> I like it. Uh, it could be Curtis, Curtis our guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name says it all. These guys love to explore what other people and sometimes they themselves believe to be the greatest blank. Each episode will make you laugh, think, laugh again. And by the end, you'll find you have a new appreciation for the topic, even if you don't have your ultimate opinion swayed. Enter with an open mind and be prepared for a trip. Thank you. That is the goal that we had when we were coming up with the idea for this podcast. So that is perfect. Uh, and then we got from Outlaw AK, also a Patreon supporter. We always appreciate you, Outlaw. Uh, been waiting for Ed, Ron, and producer Bill to get back on the public podcast wagon for a few months now. 
Very much looking forward to their chats to continue to service our fandom needs to completion. That's a quote from Ed. I'm not being weird. You're being weird. No, you hang up first. <laughs> that, is great, that, is, that is a great review. We really appreciate that. So thank you guys for accepting the power and the responsibility to listen to this great episode of The Greatest Pod.